I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Podcast Draft Day Edition, where Eric and I will pretend we know what the hell we're talking about on this draft that I didn't know was coming up. How's it going, Eric? I've called Abrams all along. Yes. All along. And, you know, I've I've spent exactly, let's see, if I count up every minute that I've spent on draft coverage, I think I'm at zero. (laughs) No, no, no. 30 (laughs) seconds this morning when you texted me about what we're going to go over today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's there's that much. I mean, we're, we're at the point now where I'm just like, hey, you know what? It's, you know... I feel like our focus should be on the Major League Club and the very imminent prospects that are yeah. coming up. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about, you know, adding to the system. And it's sounding like we got a great player in Abrams, um, which is great. But, I mean, I'm not as focused with those guys as as I am with the guys up top. So, yeah, same I mean, here. Like, I'm happy about it. From, from everything that we've heard, right, for Abrams, tools, 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 tools. And, and he no, can fly. Yeah, and and when we say tools, we're not describing the staff of Mad Friars. We're talking about <laughs> Abrams, <laughs> okay? Like, um, you know, the hit tools, the 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 least that he has. He has a lot of speed. He has the glove. He has the arm. Yeah. That's what we're hearing. So, well, according just, to Harold Reynolds, a young man might be a question on his arm, despite being clocked at ninety-one miles an hour. Harold Reynolds loves the pick. Yes. Which I, for one, I was shocked. Stunned, actually. I can't believe it. He also spent some time away from the studio to hang out with this particular pick. Yes. So, so he's uh, very big on the young man. We'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it's it's another it's another um, quality prospect to throw yeah. into the ringer. I mean, he, he's drafted as a shortstop, but a lot of people are drafted as shortstop and they're yeah. moved. So a lot of speculation is that he'll be moved to center field. That's the uh, word from uh, Kevin Charity. Yeah, yeah. That uh, what I he said he would put money on it. Uh, So if anyone wants to make a buck or two, you can at him (laughs) and uh, yeah, whatever his at is on Twitter now, and and win some money from Kevin if Abram sticks at shortstop. So at intimate biscuits and gravy, Mr. Kevin Charity. Yeah. So I mean, it's uh, yeah. He moves to center field. Great. I mean, you see an opening there. You see Edwards. You you see. You know, different uh, players there that there's the opportunity for one. I mean, we see who breaks out. Two, we see who we can trade. There's nothing wrong with it. Overall, I'm I'm happy in the sense of we took a bat, <laughs> yeah, and we didn't take an arm. Yes. Like I, I get you can never have enough enough pitching prspects. Blah blah blah. No such thing as a yeah. pitching prospect. But I really wanted a bat. Yeah, I didn't I did care too. what it was. I wanted a bat, and I'm happy that they went that route. Yeah, and you know, I'm like I'm Mr. Best Player Available. But the two guys I really wanted who didn't make it that far. We're bats. Like yeah. I was like, they could have taken that guy. I don't know if you looked at him, Manoa. He's huge. No, he's I didn't like, see he's it. Tank. He's like 260 pounds and he holds nine, mid 90s plus through like nine innings. Holy shit! He's a big boy. Wow. He's a big boy. I was like, okay, if they took him, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> um, I don't. I think he made it out of the top ten actually, surprisingly. But um, I'm glad that they took a bat in the first yeah. round. So that's nice. And he's got. I mean, I, I read a little bit up on Fangraphs. A stupid. <laughs> MLB pipeline draft page, I guess, was getting hammered in traffic, so I couldn't get it to load. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Fangraphs guys were pretty high on him, so he's got like 50, 55, I think, raw power. Could grow into 60. So he doesn't seem to be the same uh, 
the same profile as X Edwards, where he's like contact oriented. Maybe he does grow into some pop. He's like six something, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll I see. Mean, I mean, worst case scenario, you looking know. at him, he looks like he has a frame where he can grow into some yeah. power. He's still young, you know. You, you never know what's what's going to happen. Good and then back like to ball skills. Yeah, I was I was driving home from work today, and uh, Kyle Glazer was on with Gwen and Gwen and Chris on my beloved. 97.3 The Fan, which I've always been a huge fan of ever since, like, two weeks ago. They were talking to Glazer, and Glazer was like, hey, you know, if, if he's a shortstop and, you know, he needs a couple years to develop the bat, you know, it's not the end of the world if he spends five years down in the minors. So at that point, <laughs> at that point I'm like, man, five years down in the minors, like, I, I have a hard time really caring about him right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'll leave the tracking of him. I'll leave all that shit that is is too much for me to handle. I'll leave that to Mad Friars. Yeah. I'll leave that to those guys. So, I mean, I'll, I'll be following along very, very closely. And I mean that with every fiber of my being. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, of course, you can always find video of the young man in action on YouTube via Fangraphs. So. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the Major League team. Um, lot not going on, Eric. It has been a rough run without our Lord and Savior. Yeah, it really has been. And and he's going to be coming back soon. He's starting a uh, rehab God. assignment in uh, AA Amarillo. And someone had posted, it was Steve Verissimo. He posted on Twitter, uh, I want to say last week, and it was video of Tatis coming out of the box. I was going to bring that up to you right now because you and I were on the same page when you... I didn't know the video was up. I haven't been as active on Twitter of late, but you told me, hey, look at this video. Like, is it me or does he look like he's hurt? And I agreed with you. I was like, I don't know. He looks like, I don't know if he's hurt, but he looks like he's purposely playing to not get hurt. It was very gingerly that he he went about. And I'll still, 100%, dude, I'll still say he looks injured. He looked in that swing, and I'm not claiming to be a doctor or know more than the doctors, mens rea, you fucking prick. I'm not (laughs) claiming that. All I'm saying is I've been playing ball for years, like literally decades, and I've seen a lot of people injured, and I've been injured myself. I've seen a lot of people getting out of the box, and it doesn't look right. You've seen a lot of my soft ground balls to the second baseman with a pulled hammy coming out of the box. It it didn't look right. So I was shocked to hear that he's going to be rehabbing, and they're starting that rehab assignment right now because I thought he was going to be at least another couple weeks, if not longer. I'm not shocked that he's starting a rehab assignment. I do think when people are like, oh, if he wasn't hurt, he wouldn't be playing. I'm like... He's just hitting. Like, I've, and again, I'm not some fucking professional athlete, clearly, but you can hit with a pulled hamstring. You just can't run. I mean, you can maybe lightly jog, which is what he was doing. Like, he, I made a joke like, Manny runs harder up the line on a ground ball to the first baseman than Tatis. (laughs) Tatis was like, he hits the ball, he blatantly makes a conscious effort to not move after he swings to see where it's going, and then he trots over to first, and then they were pulling him. So if he was that healthy, I don't think they let it, they let him just hit every inning and then come off the bag. I think they actually put him in rehab starts. So well, they did. I mean, they're putting him down there now. now. So what I'm going to be very interested in, and and I know a lot of people out there like Craig and Kevin, and you know they have the the minor league package. Donovan, mm-hmm. I really want to see clips of Tatis defensively. I yeah. want to see him defense. Assuming they even let him play defense, he's going to play defense. It's Maybe. not like spring, dude. It's not spring training. He's in there playing. He's well, yeah, but they also have a DH. He's playing shortstop. Is he? Yeah. Okay. He's playing shortstop. I told he's leading you I haven't been following. I know tonight. he's on a rehab assignment. At least tonight. He's playing shortstop and he's leading off. So I'll be I'll be really intrigued to see. I want to see clips of him on defense and I want to see uh, clips of him running. So, I mean, hopefully he makes contact. <laughs> so I want to see clips of him running. I, I want to see what it looks like. And 
you know, this wouldn't be the first time I was wrong. And no. it, it's sure as hell not going to be the last time I was wrong. And it's not like we're going to be upset if we're wrong. Absolutely not. No. I always, like, a majority of my terrible takes that I have on Twitter, I hope I'm wrong. Like, I, number one, because if I'm wrong, that means it's good for the team. And number two, if I'm wrong, it means that I'm going to get shit on in my notifications. That's my favorite thing. So, I mean, it's it's like I'm sitting here and, and I really can't wait for him to get back because you're looking at the team now and it's just kind of, they're falling back into that boring trap. You know, They're very bland. There's a lot of fun that's going on with them, but as far as on the field play, it's it's getting back into that boring trap. So when they started with Tatis, I want to say 16 and 12. I I have it here because you texted me earlier. Yes. I believe 16 16 and 12 with Tatis and then without 14 and 17. Yes. So, which is amazing by the way, that they've been able to maintain considering that, um, you know, no offense to Greg Garcia. He's done an admirable job, but he's been out there a lot. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at that, so, okay. So 16 and 12, 14 and 17, that's a swing of what? Two games. So that means Tatis is worth two war, right? That's how it works? No, that's that's not exactly how it works. But I think you can make Well, the that's case. how my war works. Yeah, I, we'll call it M-War for miserable podcast. <laughs> M-War. Tatis is worth two war. And so, him, war. so him coming back is is infinitely good for this team. It, it definitely pushes them further because of everything. Because, again, you're, you're not just losing the bat. right? Like, if you lose Machado, you lose the bat and you lose the glove. You lose Tatis, you lose the bat, the glove, and the base running. There's yeah. more to his game than just... Hitting. Um, so, admirable job by the Padres to stay afloat. Well, and you bring back the intangibles, oh, which God. you don't give a shit about. Not one flying fuck. Dude, you could see the play. Like, you could see the, even the veterans. They would feed off of his energy. I feel like they still feed off the energy. You got uh, La Mole out there singing, you know, and serenading the crowd and singing to everybody and making everybody happy. So, I feel like the energy's still there. Mm. I just think that what he brings on the field, it's, it's a... I'm stunned that they're 14 and 17 because it could have gone south very quickly. I think that says a lot to the team. I, I feel like there are some yeah. players that are overperforming, <laughs> and we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, I feel like there's some players that are overperforming. I think the staff as a whole has kind of overperformed, which yes. at times it's looked really bleak, but at other times it's kind of surprised. But it's just like I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, I'm surprised that they're 14 and 17 without him too because yeah. I figured once he would go down, it, they would probably be somewhere around 12. Greg Garcia per OPS plus is pretty close to. I mean, he he's like at ninety eight. So you say like he's an average hitter. I didn't expect that out of him. Yeah, at all. Not at like all. I was like, oh, maybe he'll be like in the eighties or something. Like his career OPS, I think coming into this year was uh, it had to be hovering around eighty or ninety because he's only had one year above a hundred. So uh, and I think he was seventy last year. So the fact that he's improved despite getting more playing time, even though he's really more of a he's, I mean, he's a backup. He's your 25th guy because he can play short. Um, that's been a nice... It's helped keep the Padres afloat that he's played as well as he has. Um, I don't know how well Ty France has been playing, but last time I checked, well. it wasn't very good. Not great. <laughs> Not great at all. Not that's great, why no. it's, it's just kind of like having Tatis come back. He, in a sense, he's giving Ty France the boot. Yeah. So Ty France is going back to El Paso. Like, there's no way around it. You have Greg Garcia. He's going to be your guy. He can play third. He can play short. He can play second. He's going to be your guy to give these guys their day if they need it. And Agreed. Ty France is gone. He's back down to El Paso. He'll have those inflated numbers like everyone does in El Paso. And, you know, you get Tatis back. You get to move Machado back to third. He's been great at shortstop, dude. He's Thank been a God. lot of fun to Thank watch at God shortstop. we have Manny Machado. He's been a lot of fun to watch at shortstop. I mean, Davey Leland hates him, but he's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Fun to watch, and you know you have uh, Machado at third, you have Tatis at short. Urias, I think, is coming up soon. Even Kevin Acey himself, 
He said Urias soon. And then, and then he deleted the tweet. Oh, of course he did. Yeah, he deleted the tweet. Because he also said Franchi was coming back soon. And we're going to talk about Franchi in a little bit too. But it, if you can, anytime you can take a guy and you can insert Tatis, you can insert Urias and get rid of vanilla <laughs> Ty France and Ian Kinsler. No offense to Ty France. Thing. Yeah. That's a great thing. I, I think Ty France has a bright future as like a And we love how much he loves Tony Gwynn. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's yeah. fantastic. He's an Aztec. They don't deserve the Qualcomm site. It's it's great, but and I know that Kinsler had a good May. Like Kinsler had a good May. Fantastic. Whoop de fucking do. Okay. I still want to see Urias. I still want to see Tatis. I still want to see that infield. We still haven't got the infield on an everyday basis of Machado at third, Tatis at short, Urias at second, and Hosmer at first. That's what we signed up for. Yeah, that's what I thought we were getting. That's what I thought we were getting too. And due to injuries and due to um, Urias not being ready. That's been robbed from us. Yes. That's been robbed from us. And and of all things, for Hosmer to have the season that he's having this he's year. He's raking. If we would have had this infield Don't tell the whole David way. J we said that, though, before he comes after us. Yeah. Well, yeah. David J's going to come after us regardless. Yes. But, yeah, man. I, I think it's going to be good things for the Padres. I, I think that they have, they've shown well enough without Tatis and without Urias. And, I mean, when you look at it and you look at who's coming, because right now I kind of feel like they, they're, they've they hit a little bit of a lull. Like, they lost two of three to the Marlins. And it's like, that's terrible to lose two of three the to Mets the Marlins. The Mets got swept by the Marlins. This is the thing about baseball. Terrible. It's super random. Like, it happens. I know, I know there was a tweet out there, oh, maybe they're not a 500 team. It's like, you know, we swept the Mets one year when they were like, I think NLCS bound or one year. Yeah. One year they were really good, and then Cubs they came to Petco. Swept yeah, the Cubs. we swept the Cubs one year when we were really terrible. Like it does happen because baseball is completely random. So you have your peaks and valleys. It's almost like like the Cardinals are a better team than we are, but we took a series from them, right? My, uh, handedly, I might add. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that the Cardinals are worse than what you thought. It just means that baseball sometimes is kind of random. So True. you know, I don't think losing to the Mars is indicative of how good the team is. I think they just. Ran in some bad luck. I mean, Ty France pitched yesterday. Oh God, was against that bad, the Marlins. Huh? How do so, you do? He has a zero ERA. Oh wow. Okay, so if Ty France pitches, that that tells you. Well, yeah, that, obviously it's a bad game. Yeah, but I don't think that. But it's they indicative. lost the series and yeah. they got smoked. I mean, like they got sure they they dropped dick on Toronto for one game, but then they also got smoked by Toronto. They went into New York. Chris Paddock didn't show out well. He no. gave up three solo shots. It might have even been four, but it's like you see Paddock had a rough start. I think Strom lost his last start, which was yesterday. So it's kind of like our two stoppers, so to speak, aren't coming through. So it's like, oh man, we're kind of hitting a little bit of a low, which is perfect timing to bring back these guys, to bring back Tatis, to bring up Urias. Like, I feel like this team really needs that. It's like a shot of energy. You know what I mean? It's like a breath of fresh air. So, we'll see. We need some more Latin flavor on this team. Yeah. It's we we need less too, Margaviches. Yeah, we've got well. a little too vanilla vanilla wafers <laughs> in the infield. We need some yeah. we need some Latin flavor. Yeah, seriously. But, um, speaking yeah, of the that's outfield. That's what we really need. So, we were talking about, like, adding, right? Like, speaking of the outfield, Cordero. Uh, the outfield was already packed coming into the year. I'm pretty sure didn't Margot get sent down. Where isn't he going to get sent down, Manny Margot? Well, that's moving? the talk. That's the talk? Yeah. Yeah, so when Cordero comes up, what is your corresponding move? Because I don't know how Naylor's been doing of late. I mean, it's too small a sample. He's been up a week. But, uh, they. I mean, you have Renfro hitting a home run every, you know, one every four fly balls is going out. Right. Um, and then you have, you know, Reyes, who obviously I think long-term is probably the best of the bunch. And then you have Naylor, who needs to get at-bats because he's about ready now, even though he's without a position. They're going to have Cordero. You also have Margot. Jankowski will probably be back in another month or so. 
So what? what's your solution once Franchi's ready to go? I feel like once Franchi comes back, I don't know. Give me what you want to happen and what you think will happen. What I want to happen at this point, man, and I've even said as soon as like, I want to say a month ago, I've, I've said I want to give Margot every single chance that I can. But more and more I see it. Like I, I watch it and I'm like, I don't. I don't see it, man. Like, it's it's kind of hard to keep the faith in Margot. So, like, what I want to see happen, I want to see Franchi get everyday starts in center. But even then, it's like, at, at by doing that, that's at the expense of Will Myers. Because with how well Renfro is swinging the bat, you're not going to sit him. You're not, you're sure as shit not sitting Fran Mel Reyes. So that logjam, the outfield that's already been a logjam, is going to get that much worse I mean, if you want to look at it that way, or it could be that much better. I feel like the way that Andy's using everyone is great, but what I think is actually going to happen is I can see them getting uh, reactivating Franchi, and I think Naylor probably goes back down El Paso. I, I think that is going to happen as well. I do like... I, I mean, maybe it's changed because he's gotten hot. He's slugging like six-something. I think Renfro's getting more starts. They seem to be benching Will more often. Um I don't I mean, think so. No, I feel like Renfro's out there a lot. You're really not watching the games, are you? I know Will's been in center a couple of times, <laughs> which I don't fuck. like. No, I'm not. But you I feel are like, terrible, dude. No, I feel like, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like Myers has sat more of late because he's been fucking awful. Is he striking out 40 or 50% of the time now? He's, yeah, yeah in he's, the 40s. He's up there. I know he's been terrible. Um, and I feel like Renfro is not as much of a bench player now as he was like, I don't know, three weeks ago. But I would like to see them keep using kind of like that musical chairs where, you know, you get a spot start for Myers in center or maybe you sit Myers and maybe throw Naylor out there. You know, do, do Myers something. Myers has played in all but two games this season. Really? Yeah. I feel like he's benched a couple times. Maybe he comes in. You know when John Gennaro says what he says? He's talking about guys like you. Let's see how much he's... St- <laughs> he's yeah. talking about guys like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. I want to see how many games he's actually started. Because games and games started are two different things. Yeah, but still, he's out there playing. Yes, so, I know. But... And, and they're not going to sit there. And I've never cared about money. I've never no, given a shit about how much players make. I feel like you need to put your best team out there no matter what. And to the Padres, what I think is going to happen once Myers... Ha! He's sat nine games and came off the bench. Take that. <laughs> so what? It's still... Whatever. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna hesitate to bench Myers if that's if that's what's best for the team. But I, I feel like at the same time, like to David Jay's point, he says like, "Oh, hey, uh, Andy Green doesn't make the lineups." I don't know if that's been confirmed or not. It no hasn't been. I, I mean, we don't have a reason. We've heard people say he doesn't make the lineups. If Preller in the front office is making the lineups, then that means that Myers is not gonna sit. They're not gonna sit him on the bench. You know it might I mean? not even be Preller. I mean, they do have an analytics team, so who well, knows? True. But. We don't know if they make the lineup or not. Um, I can't imagine anybody telling Andy Green to purposely play Ian Kinsler at this point. Um, or to play him over Arias because the argument is why would they bring up Arias who they didn't want to trade. I mean, there were talks about him going in the Archer deal. They refused to trade him, apparently. Um, he's one of the few holdovers from the previous regime when Preller got here that wasn't purged. So... Why would they bring him up only to send him down two weeks later when he's not getting any at-bats? I don't think it was a struggles thing. I think he's just not playing. Kind of like Mejia. Like, they officially optioned Mejia into AAA because... I saw he, that. They, they thought they would be slick and try yeah. to slide it past all of us. Yeah. But no. I saw I, I mean, I'm happy for it because at least he's going to get reps. I'd rather... Have, like, don't get me wrong. Austin Allen, he's probably a fine player. But 
He's not a good defensive. He's never been rated to be good defensively. He's been, oh, catcher, first base, DH type. Right? Like, that's fine. Let him let him be the backup catcher and let give me he has some reps. Um, so I was okay with that, even though they did try to, like, sell. By the way, he was optioned. Yeah. yeah. You're not fooling nobody. but yeah, um, exactly. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with this roster. I mean, I don't think Andrew Green's making the – I think he makes the lineups more times than not. And maybe, have- they, maybe they tell him, like, hey, we want, like – Hey, maybe they do say, hey, keep running Kinsler out there. I don't think with Urias that was the case. I think it brought him up because Kinsler sucked. It's tough because they have the left-handed bat in Naylor, which you know that they want left-handed bats in that lineup. But yes. then it's like he doesn't really fit. No. Like, he doesn't really fit. And like, when you have guys like Renfro doing his Story of his on. life for the young man. <laughs> so it's just like, I'm, I'm not sure what they do. I'll be really excited to see what they do because, I mean, I love shaking it up. I love shaking it up. I love, I love making moves. And, the Cubs uh, have like 50 outfielders. Well, not yeah. Ben Zobris well. right now. You know, he's going through some stuff. But a lot of time, the Cubs have multiple outfielders, and they figure it out. Right. So I feel like you can find at-bats for Naylor by kind of plugging him in and out. Maybe if there's like a tough righty, you know, you have Cordero out there, and then you figure out, you know, maybe we can put Naylor out there and have Renfro on the bench and then use Renfro later because Renfro's been amazing coming off the bench as a pinch hitter. So True. maybe they just kind of rotate it that way and – and try to find everybody at bats, but I think Margot at the end of the day is probably the odd man out because I agree. I want to. Well, see... Does he have options? He has yeah, options, of course he right? does. Yeah, yeah, he has options. I think he's only burned one, really. Okay, if yeah. that. Um, so I think Mar- Margot's the odd man out. The only value he has is that he can play center, but Will's been doing okay in a pinch. So... He's been doing fine. Yeah, and if if he's not Will... great out there, but you know, yeah, I mean, if Will can do fine, I think Franchi can do fine out there too. I think I'll Franchi... be interested to see the reads and the yeah. routes from Franchi. Franchi's the same thing with Will. It's not that he doesn't have the athleticism. It's uh, how's the uh, how's the route efficiency and can you see the ball at the bat? But True. I think at this point, Margot's probably my odd man out, uh, and the only reason I keep him up is because either you have a trade looming. Or because you just really can't justify how you're going to get at-bats for all of those guys. Particularly Naylor. Because I don't think sitting Naylor helps at all. Well, they haven't hesitated to say like, hey, you know what? Um, Udius really needs to work on things. So we're going to send him down to yeah. El Paso. Why not do the same thing with Margot? I think they're going to. When send him Cordero's down and be like, ready. hey, look, yeah. like you are not coming back until you can work a count. Yeah. Like, you are incapable of working deep into the count. So go down there, show us you can do it. I don't care if you hit for power. I don't care what you hit for. Like It's not going to impress us. What's going to impress us is working deep into the counts. Yeah, working deep counts, drawing some walks. When Hunter Renfro's walking more than you, something's wrong. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like... Margo, he's almost like a giveaway as far as an out. Like he's almost like an auto out at this. He's point. terrible. Yeah, and I, and I and I stood up for him, and I was I did too. Him. I really wanted him to work out. Yeah, I, I mean really maybe did. he will. I think funny is like he's still really young. He's yeah, he only twenty four. Well, yeah, <laughs> he's but in Padre years. Yeah. In Padre years, he might as well but, be thirty. I mean, he's brutal. He's he's got an OPS of five seventy two. Like yeah. he's that's terrible. He's awful. That's he's, terrible. And you see, when Hedges does that, it's fine. Yeah, you know, it's it's fine because he's handsome. Yes, but and, uh, apparently Margot isn't. Yeah. So I mean, defense. You can sacrifice the bat for defense all day uh, if you're a catcher. Yeah. But unfortunately for Margot, he's gonna. But important for the most important position in the outfield. Yeah. Nope. No, you nope. can go fuck yourself. Nova. Yeah. In, <laughs> in that case, so. Yeah, I think officially what I want... Okay, I'll say what I want. Um, I'll switch it already because I'm the master flip-flopper. I want Margot to to be sent down. Yeah. 
I want to see Naylor get get spots. I do think that there's a huge log jam, and I don't know how the fuck Andy's going to do it. So I got to give him a little bit of credit because I do think that the way that he's been handling the outfield has been, you know, it's it's been admirable. Fine. Yeah, it's it's been fine, and so I'll be interested to see how he has another lumbering uh, oath out there with. Uh, you know, Naylor, but we'll see. Because when they have corner outfielders at that point, Will can play center, technically. Will I mean, but really, center. he's a corner outfielder. Yeah, so you have Will. He can masquerade Renfro, in center. Reyes. Um, Myers. Myers. Cordero's no. technically a corner outfielder. Yeah. <laughs> I don't And now Naylor. It's like, holy shit. Six, six outfielders. That's a lot of options. It That's is. a lot of options. So what I think is inevitable, I think there's going to be a trade. I do too. And I think it's going to be Naylor. You think you think Naylor's can be traded? I do. I really? Think, I think because the thing is, is that isn't that a little soon? No, I think part of it bringing him up was that it could showcase him. They can find at bats for him now because Cordero's almost ready. Here's the thing: I like Naylor, but he's basically strictly a bat. Like he doesn't. He's not going to provide value on the bases. Not that he's like a bad base runner, but he's slow. He's big and slow. He's a twenty runner. He's not an outfielder. Like as bad as I cringe when I see Fran Mill lumbering around the outfield. <laughs> I would take Fran Mills' athleticism over Naylor's any day of the week. Number one, number two, Fran Mills always been an outfielder. He's just a big guy. Right. But he's always been an outfielder. Naylor's a first baseman trying to convert to the outfield. So I don't see it. And he wasn't talked much of as a first baseman anyways. So it's not like there's like this hidden athleticism, right? Like he's not Cody Bellinger out there. So I think of the guys that would benefit trading, it'd be him. Because A, there's not really a spot for him here. With as many outfielders as they have. Because Myers doesn't go anywhere. Reyes doesn't go anywhere. Renfro, at least to this point, doesn't look like he's going anywhere. And Cordero is going to get probably every opportunity because they seem to be pretty high on him. He just keeps getting hurt. But when he's there, he plays. He seems to play when he's up. So I feel like Naylor's kind of the odd man out, especially because, you know, Hosmer's not going anywhere either. And unless we get the D8s next year, what are we going to do with him? Hmm. So I feel like, you know, he's... Isn't it too soon to trade him, though? I don't think so. Dude, he's young. He's well, yeah, really it's not, I'm not trading him because I'm giving up on him, right? Like, I feel like if you traded Margot right now, you're basically saying, yeah, we give up. And I mean, and even then, I'm iffy on giving up I on him. I wonder Manny how much Margot. you can get for Naylor, though. I don't know. I think he's. I think the other thing, too, is you have to package him because he's going to be fairly limited because, again, he's just a bat. That's all he is. And that has some value, yes. But you know how I am. I like guys that bring... This is why unbiased, objective pick was... I would take Tatis over Vlad Jr. Not because Tatis is a Padre, but because Tatis brings more to the table. He plays defense. He can hit. He can run the bases. All Vlad Jr. can do is hit. And that's great. But he's a DH. You can see it already. He's going to be a first baseman or a DH at some point in the next five years. That's I, I look at Naylor that way. Like, yeah, he can go in the outfield. You can spot start him. But if you have him out there every single day, like, you're killing yourself on defense. And he's going to have to hit a lot to offset his defense. So... Not to mention he's buried because we have tons of outfielders anyways. So I do think that Naylor eventually is going to be dealt somewhere. Where he goes, I don't know. I feel like what's a telltale sign of them trying to build his trade value and uh, eventually ship him out? It's playing him every day? Playing him at first base. Oh. Sending him down to El Paso and playing oh, him at first they, base. Oh, I thought you meant up here. No, so, absolutely yeah. not. No, playing him at first base in El Paso. Because I feel like him being moved to the outfield is a telltale sign. 
that they want it to work. They want to make it work, and they want to find a fit for him because I really yeah. think they like the bat. The Reds stuck Yonder Alonso out in left field for I, a little while, I think too. the Padres yeah. like the bat a lot oh, when it too. comes to Naylor. And, and if they were at this point, it's clearly them trying to make a fit and find a fit and force a fit. Yeah. Because if they were just like, hey, let's let this asshole raise his trade value down in El Paso, they would stick him at first base. They wouldn't have him flopping around out in the outfield, yeah. out and left. They would have him at first base. They would have him DHing so he can build his value playing where he's comfortable. So I, I feel like with him out there in the outfield, I they still want to make it work. And I think it's too soon to trade Naylor. You mean moving point. a guy around positions doesn't mean that they lack faith in him to do the position he's actually wants to play and is probably better at? Yeah. You don't say. Yeah. No, so. I thought when they move him, it just means you have faith in him. And then when they trade him, it means you, you knew more than any other team did because you're not trying to get value out of him. You're just trying to dump this prospect. You know it's going to be a bust at 23 years old. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. I, I I think they want Naylor to work. I do too. And I, I think just... they're going to give him every opportunity. They're going to give him every opportunity. I think I think where they will make a move first, and I'm not sure I'm too stoked about it at this point, is I think they'll move Renfro before they move Naylor. Let's talk about that because that's something you brought up earlier about what you asked me. What do I think about trading Renfro? So we're do a little. Who by episode. the way? Who by the way is the highest? B-War player on the Padres. I didn't look at Fangraphs. I'm taking a wild guess because he's at 1.8. Did you? Uh, he might be. I'll look it up right now. Did you look up uh, Fangraphs' war leaders for the Padres? Uh, absolutely not. Hmm. No. Dude, the only time I ever look at war is because I go to baseball reference and it's right there in front of my face. <laughs> when it suits your argument? Is that when you look exactly. up Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I go to baseball reference for everything. Um, Let's see. Yes, he is. He's ahead of both Machado and Tatis. Per and you want to trade this guy. I do want to trade him. Not because I don't like Renfro, but more so because I don't think what he's doing is sustainable. Why not? I just, I, number one, he has a terrible approach. You pointed out before we came on here, like, did you know Renfro's swinging at more pitches out of the zone and making more contact on those pitches and swinging at less pitches in the zone? I'm like, okay, I just It's can't. working. It is right now, but I mean, I, I mentioned this earlier, like, I think 25, 25% of his, or I think 15% of his at-bats end in, like, home runs, but, like, his fly ball to home run ratio is, like... Basically, one every one every four fly balls he's hit is getting out. Now, maybe that's the juiced ball. Well, he has power. Well, of course he's he has a strong redneck. Of course he's he hitting the power. ball in the air. Of course, so of course it's going to fly. Of course he has power. But the thing is, is that he doesn't have plate discipline, and he still looks bad at the plate when he chases pitches. Like nothing is really. Ch- the thing with Renfro is that if something had changed in his approach, like his walk rate was higher, or he's working deeper counts, or you know he's doing something different. That you can look, that you need to actually look up, like look past the slash line, then I might be all for it. But he's still got an on base of around 300. He's not walking any more than he normally has. He's still down in that six, seven, like five or six per, uh, percent range. So his on base is 309 right now, the highest it's ever been in his, his career. Sands the uh, 11 game stint in 2016. Yeah. He's hitting 261, highest of his career. Yeah. See, so I and I just I don't. I don't know if he's going to slug 600 the entire year. See, not with that approach. And that's basically what he has to do when you to see, keep going. When you see these numbers, you see a flash in a pan. You see something that's not sustainable. I see growth. I see growth. and I, Based I see, on what? What do you mean based on what? His numbers he, are better than they've ever been. Yes, but you're looking you at his slash line numbers. You're not looking at like the <laughs> underlying numbers. Any <laughs> asshole can go look at, he's having a career year. He well, is. yeah, no shit, but he's swinging at more pitches out of the strike zone. Less in the strike zone. He's still striking out a lot. He's still not walking more. Guess what? It's working for him. For now. 
It worked for him at the end of 2016, and it worked for him for a little while last year when he was walking 3% of the time. I think he's fine, but I think at this point, like he has to slug 500-plus because he's probably going to put up a 280 or 290 on base. He just got his on base over 300. He's been hitting so well of late, and it's just now on over 300. I think two or three weeks ago, it was at like 275. It's just, To me, it's just not sustainable. You love OPS plus, 145. Yeah, he's doing well. You're trading this guy. He's doing very well, yes, because I don't think it's sustainable. I'm not denying that he's doing well. He's been absolutely doing well. I have given Andy Green credit all year about how he's been playing him because he's been avoiding those long slumps where he goes like, one for 50 with 43 strikeouts and a walk. So he's been doing well to avoid that based on how he's being used, coming off the bench, being put in high leverage situations. I just don't think it's sustainable for him because I don't see anything in his underlying numbers that would indicate to me something has changed and something is different. I don't know, man. I'm just I'm looking at the numbers right now. And if he got 600 plate appearances, he's, stri- he's hitting 55 bombs. He's stri- That's what he's on pace for. He is striking out. Almost 3% more. You said it yourself. A strikeout is another out. It is. That's your favorite line to go to. A strikeout is just another out. It's just another out, yes. The problem is is that Renfro... (laughs) Yes, I did K three times yesterday. And I went the Renfro route and swung out of my shoes every time. Yeah. Because it's all or nothing, baby. But he's not walking any more than he was last year. He's striking out more than he was last year. I just... I can't say... And he's he's been stellar. He's been absolutely stellar. I just don't... I don't see it sustaining just because of the type of hitter he is. I really don't. Well, what are you trading him for? I don't know. Pitching? They need they need pitching. Trade him to a team that needs an outfielder. He's like a guy I would ship over to like I would I would call Toronto right now and be like, "Hey, look, we got Naylor. You guys need a first baseman. Smoke ain't going to be there that long. And you guys need a an outfielder. You guys need outfielders. I don't even know who the hell's in their outfield at this point." Enter Beats me. Yeah, enter created player. Yeah. Put him and Naylor in a package and see what Toronto likes and let them pick somebody else. So, by your logic, you just said uh, trade a guy that is all bat and nothing else and trade a guy that is putting up numbers that are not sustainable and give us something worth the value. Like, do you think that's not how it's going to work? Not just those two guys. You like, think I'm not that's saying, how it's going to work? Naylor has legitimate value because if you stick him at first or DH, he's going to be an everyday player and he's going to be up here for the next five plus years. Renfro, I think, has three more years of control after this year. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, he has years of control yeah. left. Dude. I, he might have four, uh, unless he hits Super 2. But he's got like three or four, uh, or unless he hit that cutoff. But he's got three or four years left of control. So you have two valuable pieces. you got to throw more than that to get something of value. But it is something. I just I can't see him sustaining it. I just I don't. I think it's like, it's like last year when he got hot in the second half, like, Oh, Renfro's hot. I'm like, dude, he has a 3% walk rate. Like, he's not, it, you can't hold that for that long. And I, I don't see it. He's Mark Trumbo. He's going to be okay some years, other years, not so much. And he's a, he's a black hole of offense, but he's going to hit a lot of balls over the fence and they're going to go very far, which does have some value, but it's also creating a log jam. And there's, I mean, let me ask you this. You know, Will Myers is going to be on the team. He's not going anywhere. So you don't even need to factor him in. Would you take Renfro over Reyes? Renfro over Framil Reyes? Yes. Absolutely. No. You liar. Absolutely not. You liar. <laughs> I said absolutely not. Yeah. There's Would no you way. take Renfro over Cordero? Would I take Renfro over Cordero? See, that's a tough one. 
I feel like that's apples and oranges. I, all I'm saying, and I know I know the route that you're going down with this, but all I'm saying is when I see Renfro, I see a guy that is finally making strides to be the hitter that we want him to be. But I don't so because I, there's... So I don't want to trade that guy at this point. But what strides is he making other than he's running into a fly ball once or a home run once every four fly balls? I don't care how you get to your numbers as, as long as you put them up. But that's the thing, though, is that it, you should care because... It's like, the... like yesterday, okay? You came three times. You were gassed all three times. Do I care if you were gassed or if you struck I out looking? I twice. Or do I care if you struck out looking? No, yeah. I don't give a shit because you yeah. still struck out three times. You came three times yesterday. Remember yesterday when you came three yes, times? Yes, yes. I recall yesterday okay. when I came three. I cannot wait till your next multi-strikeout <laughs> game because it's going to happen. I don't. The bottom line is I don't care how you get to the numbers as long as you put up the numbers. Well, we have a different approach. I care because I want to know it's going to be something that's long-term. It's kind of like like when Machado's struggling, right? It's like, oh, you know, you look at this, you look at that. You know, you can see him turning it around. I, I don't see anything changing with Renfro that is going to indicate. I mean, maybe he's hitting the ball harder, but everything else, you know, like his approach at the plate has been his biggest knock since he was a prospect. Like Renfro, is, say, he's going to struggle making contact. He needs to learn to refine his approach. And well, isn't it great that. that he has the highest on base of his career? By like what? Three points and we're in June. By seven. For God's sakes, we're in June. Okay, so maybe another month he's up around 315, I doubt it. You never know. I doubt it. You never know. It wouldn't be the first time you're wrong. He was at 275 two or three weeks ago. Exactly. So in two or three weeks he could be at 330. I doubt it. And I'll tell you to go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. So I I think part of the reason why I don't want to trade him also is is I still, I'm not sure if I see it for this year. So I'm like if if we trade him. Oh, I agree. I agree with that. It, obviously, everything depends on the return as far as the trade. Yeah. Everything depends on the return. But like, if we trade him, I'm like, hmm, is it really worth a piece? Or do I do I what do I want more? Do I want the piece that's coming back in that trade that'll be here for a year and a half, maybe two years? Or do I want to maybe send some of these guys that have shown that they can hit in the major league level? Do I want to stash him in El Paso and let the cards fall where they may? That's that's kind of where the struggle is with me because yeah. at the end of the day you can throw more you think you can throw Marco down there in, in AAA you can even throw Franchi down there in AAA you can throw Naylor down there like you can use that as a reserve and you can swap these guys out so I'm not sure if the return that we would get is worth me giving up the possibility of even more growth from Renfro that's where I'm coming from and my argument is I don't think there's any growth left in him I think he is what he is and he's running into one of those seasons where. Everything he touches just gets out of the ballpark, and it's just one of those years. You're just—you're never going to convince me that now is the right time to trade a guy who's slugging six thirty-six. Yeah, it like was, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I was also the same guy that couldn't convince you to not trade Headley when you were telling us give him a contract after his thirty home run year, and then it went down the shitter. Well, yeah, hit that. I was fooled by Headley. I'm yes. not fooled by Renfro mm-hmm. because Renfro is—he's on the upward tick. He's slowly moving forward. He's Mark Trumbo. He's slowly moving forward. Headley duped me, that asshole, because he just stayed flat. He was flatlined, and all of a sudden, spike went up, and I fell for it. I fell for the bait. Look this at- was before I was an informed, intelligent fan. <laughs> This was before I reached the status so like, what, where I've reached now. Two weeks now. ago when you figured out how to type <laughs> fan graphs into your search bar? This is before I became an informed uh, yeah. opinionist. Yeah, I'm looking at Mark Trumbo's numbers right now. and just looking at his strikeout and walk rates. It's fucking on a Renfro. To a T. And we made fun of the Orioles for signing that guy. So here's something I want to ask you. And I, and I kind of said how I'm not sure how this is, or if this is the year or if this is not the year. Something I'm really struggling. I feel like in my heart, what I know is the right... No. How, how should I say this? In my head. I know it's the right idea, but my heart doesn't want to do it. There's no better time than now 
to trade Kirby Yates. I agree with you. That's right? hard as much as it sucks. If you're gonna tra- like, I I understand your your theory of like we have all these young bats. We might as well. My my fear for Renfro is that his it, it's kind of your fear for Yates. His his trade value is never gonna be higher. Right, like that's what I feel like Renfro. Like his value is never going to be higher. Than I mean, we're more. talking about a reliever and an outfielder, but yeah, true. And one's younger, nonetheless. But like, it's the same thing. Like I got like they need to trade Headley now because he might be peaking. Like this might be it for him. And we had him in his twenties, and he that was it. That, yeah. He's never the same guy. I fear for that for Renfro. I as much as I fear for that for Renfro, times that by a thousand for Yates. <laughs> Because and it's so hard, dude, because like he's having a historic season. He's been amazing. It's like absurd. As how good, good as he is. Brett Hand was and Heath Bell and like Houston Street was good when he's healthy and like Kirby Yates might have end up with a better season or as good or better a season than Trevor Hoffman ever put up from like an inning for inning standpoint. He has been incredible. And like there's no greater currency on the trade market than a, a lights out closer like that with control. With control. With so control. we're talking a year and a half of control and the thing that kind of scares me, I feel like the Padres are going to lose out on a huge return at the expense of going for it this year with a kind of middling roster. Like a middling chance of getting there. And I've, I feel like they're going to miss on that opportunity. There's no doubt in my mind. And I know how the how the bullpen has been. And, and trust me, I watch these games, dude, and it kills me. But there's no doubt in my mind that there's no better time to trade Kirby Yates than right now. I agree with you. You have to trade Yates. I agree with I you. I hate saying that, dude, because I love Yates. Like, yeah, hey, we're from Hawaii, brah. Like, yeah. I love that. I love Yates. I feel like he brings a lot to the team as far as, like, uh, glue guy. You yeah. know what I mean? They love Kirby Yates. The whole team loves Yates. We all liked weird Brad Hand, too. So, like, part of me wonders, like, hmm, what does that do to the morale in the clubhouse? <laughs> Which I know you shouldn't take into consideration. But I'm sitting there. To a point. And, and I'm looking at him like, man. Like the Dodgers trading A.J. Ellis for no reason to piss off your staff face. Yeah, yeah, that's Yeah, that's See, that's when I'm like, okay, what's clubhouse morale going to be like? Well, but for Yates. If you trade Yates, here's the thing. If you trade Yates. The team, the cl- everyone inside that clubhouse, the guys, they view it as the team giving up on this year, Maybe. right? They have to because yeah. y- you look at players. Like how many players are out there and they're really looking at value and this and that and like how many players out there are willing to sacrifice this season so that the next five seasons are great? Like you don't see that these it, guys. The shelf life is so small on a lot or short on a lot of these guys. Like they want to go for it now. They want to win yeah. now. So trading their closer, their lockdown, shutdown, historically great closer for one season, they they view it as hey, we're punting. And it doesn't help. And that's it, not good. It doesn't help that they're so close to winning. Number one, that they're close. It's still five hundred. Like they're still, yeah. you know, they're still in it, right? The Padres weren't eliminated June first. Thank right. God. Yeah. So finally, you know, they're not. They're not. It's not like they can't play meaningful games in mid to late August and possibly into September. And it's also not like when we traded, like, uh, you know, it's like, okay, well, Trevor's gone. We let him walk. But, hey, here comes Heath Bell. You know? <laughs> yeah. We got somebody. Don't worry. You know, it's yeah. not, Or, like, when they traded um, when they traded uh, Hand last year, and like, oh, we'll just fucking slide Yates in. Like, he'll be fine, right? Yeah. So they don't have – I mean, they have stamina. But their bullpen is significantly weaker. That's, like somebody put a picture of Phil Maton up there, like that feeling when you know you're at the end of the line, yeah. or something along those lines. Like their bullpen, like Castillo getting hurt has been killer. Yeah, because it really, it's really thinned out the bullpen. Like Adam Warren sucks. You know, Gerardo Reyes throws hard, but God knows where it's going, and it's been going over the fence when he comes up. And you know, Munoz, like yeah, he could come up, but like they have no relief core. Yeah. Right now. And it, it's not strong. So I can see the team morale being like, dude, we're almost in it. Like, we need, like, 
The team's not going to think like I think. Like, dude, it's a closer. Like, yeah, he's important to the club, but we can go out. Like, we can figure it out in the bullpen. Like, we're going to get a piece coming back that's going to help us this year and years down the line. Yeah, they're not going to think no, that. No, they're not. Gonna, they're not going to look at it like they're going to look at. Yeah, they're going to be, be like, confused. They're like, "Hey, we got like we're doing fine. Like, yeah. why are you dis? Yeah. Why are you uh, getting rid of all? They're going to look at it like, "Hey, you know, we're getting Fernando back. Like, he's a big part of the club, right? And, and he has been this year because he's been historically great. But they're not going to look at it like he's a reliever. Realistically, like, you know, we can find somebody else because regardless of what you want to say, like, that's what they've been doing. They had Trevor. That's what they did with Yates. Yeah, they had Trevor. That's Trevor left, and we had Heath Bell. Heath Bell left. We found Houston Street. We traded Houston Street. Who the hell was our closer after that? I don't even remember. Who's a <laughs> Brad Hand figured it out. Like right. we just continually find guys, and y- Yates is another guy. Yeah. Oh, Fernando Rodney. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like we just keep finding guys. Yeah. That we deal that we just plug in, and all of a sudden they're just fucking good. It goes sit there like not everybody can close, but if you can pitch well in the seventh and you can pitch well in the eighth, there's a pretty good shot you're going to pitch well enough in the ninth. Maybe not be a with a lead. Thing. Only if it's a safe situation. Only if it's a safe. And that's the only time you can pitch well. And completely forget how to pitch yep. when the game is tied and when it's on the line. You yep. have to come into a clean inning with no runners on and at least a one to three run lead, or you're not going to know what the hell you're doing. Andy Keats. Yes. You rat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the number one pick for the next five years, you turd. Asshole. Anyways. Yeah, dude. That's kind of what I'm hesitant about because I'm like, I want to trade Yates. Really badly, I want to trade Yates, even though it sucks. I get it. It sucks to trade Yates. But I really want him gone because of the return that he can I get. I really want him but, gone. <laughs> but at the same time, you have to you have to have someone, an acceptable fill-in. You have to have someone. And that's where I'm like, man, do you bring up Munoz? Like, yes, absolutely. I think well, Stammen's a closer. But I think you absolutely bring up Munoz and hope that so, him... Okay, so Stammen's your closer. If you trade Yates, Stammen is your closer. That's I think what you're so, going yeah. with. I, I think I think and honestly, you feel you feel and I know it doesn't matter. The guy I know what the guys in the clubhouse think doesn't yeah. matter. But you think they're cool with that? Just out of curiosity. I don't think they're cool with them training Yates now. I know, but if he's gone, oh yeah, I think. I are think you they, able to sell that to them as hey, we're we're going for it still? But now instead of Kirby, we have Craig Stammen. Are you able to sell that? Like hey, we're still competing. Can I sell it? Yeah, I can absolutely spin it. You know me, I can spin anything. <laughs> yeah, but. If they buy it or not is the question, and I don't think they buy it. Unless you say, look, we wanted to win. This was the best opportunity we had. We had to make this decision, so we traded Kirby. We know it sucks, but we still believe in you guys, and he's not going to make or break this team. Yeah. And then, of course, you know they're going to blow a couple of saves, and you're going to hear a fucking blow-up on Twitter Whew. from the saves crowd. Yeah, me. About <laughs> yeah, how we should have never traded Kirby Yates in the first place. And see, are you going to get the, oh, I can't wait for the... And I'm, you know who I'm thinking of when I say this. But Keith Law said anybody can close. <laughs> you know we're going to hear it when we trade him. Yeah. It's going to happen. Even though the Padres <laughs> somehow find a way to get a guy to close out of nowhere. Yeah. It washed up has-beens like Fernando Rodney, who hadn't been good since we got rid of him. Well, maybe you bring back Lamette. Maybe Lamette's your closer. Yeah, that's another good one, too. That's another guy we haven't talked He's in an assignment now. Yeah. So he... In Elsinore. I believe... Somebody can correct He'll me He'll be back wrong. in a month. Yeah. But I believe Hopefully. rehab assignments can go 30 days. Yeah. So he could be back at the end of this month. Yeah. Right at the end of this And with the all-star break coming, now really, realistically, they could probably push it out because they can option him to AAA conveniently yeah. uh, and then push him out into July. So I just see it as like you're going to limit his innings no matter yeah. what. Why not limit them in having be a closer? There's only so many bullets in the gun. Those are stressful bullets. So yes. Those are stressful bullets with each pitch. But they're 98-mile-an-hour bullets. Well, right. But I mean like 
Yeah. If you want to limit his innings, bring him in as a closer this year. And and this should be said with the preface or with the preface of I don't think they're going to trade Yates. I want them to trade. Yates. I don't think they're going to trade him either because I don't think so. I don't know. If, okay. If I think of Uncle Ron because you have to sell it to ownership too. Like yeah, we, we always forget. Yeah. Like you know, Preller does. I mean, he might have full autonomy for the most part, but he still has to like go convince ownership. Hey, I really want to sign Manny Machado, and here's why. I, I we we need to trade Brad Hand, and here's why. We need to trade Kirby Yates. If ownership's thinking, you know what? I don't, and I don't know. I have no numbers to prove this, but like if they're saying, hey, you know what? Attendance is higher than it usually is, even with the other teams, you know, taking over the ballpark. Merchandise sales are still up. Our ratings are still up. Radio and you know, at least uh, radio, not past uh, East County. And then uh, you know, our TV ratings are up. Our ad revenue is up. Jersey sales are up, so everything's up because this team is competing, and they're right around 500, and they have star powered out. Tatis is a star, Paddock is a star, Machado's a star, you know. And guess what? I want to trade our closer. Yeah, and I want to trade our closer <laughs> in a year where we're still around 500. We have a shot. I can see that now. There's there's two ways I can see them not trading eights. The deal they want isn't out there like it wasn't. From, remember the year before. Uh, they didn't trade Brad Hand. Yeah, we he, all thought he was gone. Yeah, and they didn't trade him, and the reason was that the, the deal wasn't out there. So they give him a contract extension. They let him go another year, and then at that point, you know, they were going to extend Kirby. No, but see, that's the thing, though, is that you can't. Ex- I mean, you can extend Kirby Yates, but you can't. Ex- I think we talked about this when they did the extension. You brought it up, so good on you. You got one right. They <laughs> traded Brad Hand because it got him more control as a team-friendly contract. But it did make him more attractive because if he continued to do what he was doing, which he did, to your credit, they could still get something and maybe more back because now he's coming with more control. Where my my fear was, relievers are volatile. We don't know how well he's going to do next year. You can't bank on it. I think you have to push to trade him. They didn't get the pieces they wanted, so they waited another year and they cashed in. You can't really do that with Yates because next year... You're going to be closer to winning than you were the year before. Next year, you're probably going to have Mackenzie Gore and Mora Hone and Michelle Baez and who the hell else knows is going to break through and possibly Patino. You're going to have Urias and Tatis now as your full-time roster. Cordero or Margot and Reyes and Renfro and Naylor and so on. Like They may have locked down their spots. So you're going to be even closer next year than you are this year. So you're not going to be th- you're going to be thinking ad mode now. There can always so be a year. guy that that shows that he's ready to step into that role too next yeah. year. You never know. Yeah. So like it could happen. Like yeah, with with Hand that was a gamble they took and it paid off. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it can but go, it was a gamble they took looking down the line knowing just that it's not going to be. Yeah, yeah, knowing that like That's true. even if our guy even best case scenario Paddock doesn't get hurt. You know, and I mean this is two years ago. Right? Paddock was hurt I think at the time. Well, no, that's when they got Paddock, I think. Nonetheless, they could look two years down the line and go, we can keep him now, and if he holds up, trade him next year, and then we're still two years out anyways, right? Because this is last year. It's 2017. They're holding on to him thinking, you know, we still have the following year. We'll be fine, right? They can't think that way anymore. Now they have to think, like, we're going to have all these guys coming up. We can't hold on to Yates thinking we'll trade him at the next deadline because next deadline we might need to be adding talent because we might be in the thick of it. So... Well, put it this way. Do you see, knowing the history of this team and knowing the history of Preller and how he operates, like, he very rarely is going to let a player walk. Like with uh, Upton. He let Upton walk. And, I mean, because, of course, they're not going to resign him, but he didn't take that Fulmer deal. So, do you... Oh, I like that Fulmer deal, too. Do you honestly see a scenario in which A.J. Preller and the Padres would be like, hey, you know what? 
once Kirby's contract is done, we're just going to let him walk. You know, it's just not there. No, they're not. They're going to trade him. They're going to trade him at some point. Now, whether they stick out the rest of this year, it's like, hey, let's Excuse see me. what we got, and trade him in the offseason, okay, that's fine. But you're still taking the chance that he's going to explode the second yeah. half. Bigger market in the offseason, though. That's my that fear, is, too, well, is that it's yeah. a bigger market, and you can go out and get relievers um, off the scrap. He's not getting any yeah. younger. He's not getting, he's any, not getting younger. any younger, and waiting to the offseason, I think, is a mistake because... More teams are looking to be in it, like the Reds. You know, the Reds are they came in there. They suck now, but you know they came out of nowhere making their deals. So you have a bigger market in the off season, and you can go get relievers on the cheap. Like you don't have to. Tra- they only cost money in the off season. This is my biggest issue. Unless it's a marquee guy, right? Like Kimbrel was a marquee guy. He came with a lot of team control. Yates, I think, has one year after. Oh this man, year. I think Kimbrel could step in and be the closer if they trade Yates. I mean, <laughs> I was going to bring it up because it does sound absurd, but. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Why not, dude? Why not? Trade Yates, get some pieces, and sign like, Kimbrell. Yeah, like if you... The, if, the draft is over. There's no worry about the, the picks. No. I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, if you trade Yates and say, hey, we're going to trade Yates because we're going to get something for him, right? Like, they're going to give us some close to major league ready starter who's pretty good. Yeah. And then you go out and sign Kimbrell and Kaiko. Oh, by the way, we just dropped $40 million on these two guys. So, uh, you know, we still want to win, guys. We're just trying to be a little bit more creative about it. Yeah, so. absolutely. See, that's a great point. That's a great point. Good job, Eric. Good job, Danny. Good job, 5.5 Podcast. I thought you were going to drop my name. I was about to throw this water in your face. Nowhere else do you get the insight as you do here in the 5.5 Podcast. Nobody evaluates young men like we do. Absolutely not. So I think we've come to to an agreement. Trade Yates. Sign Craig Kimbrell. Done. Fly the flag. Over. (laughs) And finally give Craig Kimbrell Austin Hedges because he didn't get to have him previously yeah maybe exactly. that's why he didn't like san diego yeah god dude what a trip what a trip i know we're wrong and i know like of course we're wrong i know we just spent the last 50 something minutes and we're about to finish up soon but i know we just spent the last 50 something minutes talking about shit that's not gonna happen right but that's what's fun about it is to sit there and be like hey this is what i think would happen and when it eventually does you can be like hey look i was right and you can eat shit remember who was bringing up manny machado last may yeah Thank you very much. I, I, I appreciate that. One thing that I wanted to bring up before we get out of here, we're, we're cut a little short. We did not do the Padres Twitter segment due to, uh, well, there's a lot to talk about. And there also, there's, there's one person in particular, um, I won't name his name, but his name's Chris Lockhart. <laughs> and he's the manager of our SD Marlins team. And he fucking hates the Padre Twitter segment. He is... He's the same guy who says he a K is not just another out when we're arguing <laughs> that a double play is worse than a strikeout. Yeah, yeah. So in honor of Chris and in honor of him being a nice guy and taking my gear out to Vegas for me, <laughs> so I didn't have to check it in on the flight. Lines looked really good yesterday, by the way. Yeah, we uh, we decided to skip the Pottery Twitter segment this week. Maybe we'll bring it back next week. Who knows? But one thing that I did want to talk about because you know we got to get a little bit of fuckery in here uh, before we go. <laughs> Some tomfoolery, if you will. It had been pointed out the other day that mark sweeney has a certain type (laughs) (laughs) to say the least don due to his uh due to his follows on twitter he has a certain type that he looks for and that type is sluts (laughs) sluts in particular that happen to be in a certain industry where they get compensated yes for being and enhanced with their compensation. Yes, absolutely, for for their job. So um, what we wanted to bring back in audio format is Sweeney Says, but we wanted to put a twist on it. And we wanted to go Sweeney Says After Dark. 
So this uh, this idea came to me <laughs> while we were scrolling through some of the uh, follows. Oh, it came. Of to Sweeney you? says it sure did, and man, this music is hitting just right, ain't it? So I was like, you know what? We're gonna take some of the Sweeney says, the brilliance of Sweeney says that that you brought to all of our attention, and we're gonna put a little twist on it. So a little twisties, if you will. Yeah, we each have one. I'll let you get started. You know, Don, this veteran actress really displays her poise when she's getting it from behind. It's a tight spot to begin with, and not easily accessed. Her demeanor and professionalism in otherwise demanding and challenging scenarios is why Brazzers has her locked up under control and there to show the company's young roster how to carry yourself on set and set the example. That's something they're really going to learn as time goes on. Back to you in the booth, Mud and Don. Oh my god. Credit Jinx Maze. <laughs> For arching her back while being spanked. <laughs> you know, Don, this position was paramount for my wife and I when our children were conceived. It's not just the positioning, but it's also the mentality <laughs> in her approach that she knows her one job is to make that dong disappear. <laughs> back to you, Mark. And uh, thanks to uh, Mark Sweeney. <laughs> well, well, we'll cut it off there. <laughs> That's all we got. There's some other ones in the a, credit. Uh, the credit I couldn't take. <laughs> There's some other ones that we had in the uh, in in a group chat that we'll leave unsaid yeah. and uh, anonymous and anonymous. But if you uh, if you guys want to add your own in, uh, add in uh, Sweeney says after dark. Yeah. Hashtag that's, Sweeney says after dark. Yeah, that's a long hashtag. It, but if you work. guys want to throw work. yours yeah. in, then, then that'll be fine. So, um, yeah, I think the that's voicemails it. next week are going to be a fucking <laughs> shit show. By the way, yeah. Throw now in that your, we're de- now yeah. that we're debuting this, the voicemails are going to be absolute trash fire. Yeah, absolutely. I think <laughs> I think Padres Geekster picked a great time to do a Twitter break. <laughs> I think she picked a great time oh, for that. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, next week, maybe that's that's what you guys can do. Uh, Sweeney says after dark, you can do your best impression, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but, I mean, to recap the show, uh, you have Abrams. Abrams, a draft pick. Great news. Great. Go into a loaded system. Develop. Take your time. Take your time. We have more than enough reinforcements on the way. After that, we have the outfield situation. What are they going to do? Uh, where does this logjam go? Does Margot go down like we hope? Uh, what happens? Franchi's coming back soon, hopefully. Do we trade Renfro? Danny says yes. I say no. I vehemently say no. And last but not least, now is the time to trade Kirby Yates. Time to close the Yates of hell and Has let somebody be. else in. Has to be. So let us know what you think. Again, I'm on Twitter at MiserableSDFan. He's on Twitter at 5.5Dan. Podcast is on Twitter at 55Podcast. Um, we will be back on the radio Monday, June 10th. Uh, ben and Woods, uh, myself, Mazone, and Rich, and, and not Paul Rindle. We will be back. Uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. We're out of here. Thank you.